Let's get this W on three. One, two, three. to the W Podcast, hosted by Princess and Love. All right, everybody, welcome back. So we do have part two of our ninth episode of the W Podcast. We actually had to break this into two pieces because we had such an amazing conversation. We hoped you listened to the first episode, uh, the first part of this episode, which featured Roz Gold Unwooded, the Warrior Sideline reporter who dropped gems and hopefully gave you all some life lessons of course, as always, I'm your host, Princess, with my lovely co-host, Lo. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate your listening and taking time out of your busy day to listen to us talk about basketball and women's WNBA stuff and all this other great things. So I really hope you enjoyed part one of our interview with Roz. If you didn't, you should press pause here. And go listen to part one first so you can, you know, kind of be up on what's going on in our conversation. Um, so for part two, we're going to just get right into it. Once again, like I said last week, make sure you have a pen and paper ready. Have your snacks and your water and get your life because she is going to school y'all and put you on and share a lot about her life experiences. Um, talk about a lot about the WNBA as well. So you get to hear a couple of things, you know, her predictions for the rest of the season. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy. Since that Cinderella year for both you and for the Golden State Warriors, your trajectory has just been crazy. So not only do we see more of you reporting, you also covered the Olympics. Mm Mm-hmm. You took Craig Seager's spot, which I'm sure was a complete honor for you. And you did a phenomenal job, by the way. Um, you have ball girl magic. Mm-hmm. You look phenomenal. First of all, I see I follow you on uh, Snapchat yeah. and, and social media, so I always see you working out. It's banana. <laughs> <laughs> so you look great. Um, I remember at one point, if I'm not mistaken, were you like a spokesmodel or something for Banana Republic? Am I right with that? Yeah, we had a, a, a clothing partnership. They were helping to dress me for games, yes. Okay, and you definitely look great. So, like, you just had, you're just winning. Like, your glow up is crazy. <laughs> it's just been crazy. And I think you touched on it just now, too. Uh, I was going to ask you, but you just touched on it. But how do you, how do you stay so humble? Mm-hmm. You amass so much success, so much visibility. And you work hard for it. So we all know you work hard. You deserve everything that you have. Mm-hmm. But how do you stay humble? How do you not kind of get ahead of yourself, full of yourself mm-hmm. in this? Because I think it's very easy for people to kind of, if they amassed all this kind of, you know, success and notoriety and visibility, it's easy for somebody to kind of start to kind of feel themselves just a little bit more than they should. You should feel yourself a little bit. You earned it. You look good on that red carpet with Drake, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
but how do you stay humble and how do you stay grounded? Thank you. First of all, I appreciate the kind words, but I have to admit, I feel like I've really accomplished, you know, much yet. I feel like I'm building, you know, I haven't done nothing that, that needs an award. <laughs> I've, I'm building. And um, you did get an award too. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so You are a little humble. She does have an Emmy guys. <laughs> didn't you get a championship ring too i did <laughs> thank you so you didn't accomplish any like really <laughs> well the thank you very much but i feel like i feel like i'm building i feel like also you know people you know are gonna see on the gram i'm gonna post the picture of you know the end product like you said the picture of you know me smiling or something or else rarely i think i posted one or two things I probably should do more. Did I show, you know, the paperwork that I've written down notes on or, you know, me not looking as glamorous in a hotel room, you know, late hours reading or watching video on a player or something, you know, I should probably share the grind a little more, but, um, you know, you talk about some of those opportunities, um, you know, like even for NBA on TNT, I've been getting more national opportunities with NBA. Mm -hmm. In order, my first ever NBA on TNT game, um, I actually, it was the same time I got, they called me, they said, we have a game for Roz. They hit my agent. They're like, whoa. And it was the same day as the Warriors meeting President Barack Obama at the White House um, to, after they won the 2015 championship. So I chose to be at the national game. How could I say no? So I missed going to the White House and seeing Barack Obama, which, you know, now that I've done a bunch of national games, I'm like, well, damn, maybe I should have gone. <laughs> and, but at the time I was like, yo, I just really need to, you know, build and Barack ain't paying these bills. And, and what ended up happening though, I think it was a blessing. It was a Lakers game and Kobe was on his farewell tour and Kobe ended up playing well and I interviewed him post game. Yes, so I remember that. Yes, and, and I posted a picture of that, and people will see that, but people don't know I had to give up, you know, something really near and dear to my heart that would have been a lifetime moment mm -hmm. to be able to chase my professional dream, you know? I wouldn't share that part of the story. In fact, this is probably the first time I'm saying that publicly, even. So, um, good God, I hope something comes back around in my life that I have a chance to meet Barack or be, see him, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm happy because it's led to a growing relationship with, you know, Turner and national opportunities. But, you know, you mentioned Olympics. I definitely think Olympics was like probably the highlight of my career. Uh, I, first of all, may he rest in peace and honor. I was supposed to be doing women's basketball for NBC. So Craig Sager was unable to go because he was, you know, battling courageously against cancer at the time. And, you know, he had he had sent some words of encouragement to me before I went out there. I think that that Olympics moment was something that really helped um, help me be taken seriously in the basketball world. That I wasn't just some, you know, girl just you know asking questions. That I was like a woman who was having the highest level conversations with the best players in the world on the biggest stage. And um, I think that helped me be taken serious more seriously in this industry. So that was a really beautiful moment. But um, the rest of it is kind of fluff. Like you're talking about like the glow up. I think it just comes also with maturity and 
and getting older. And I also think, you know, having a little more, the more you work, you get a little more money, you can, you know, have better clothes. And like, even as I recognized the warrior's visibility was getting bigger and bigger, um, you know, I, I was a tomboy growing up. I never knew how to do makeup and you do a lot of your makeup on your own on the road. I took a little makeup tutorial in the summer. Uh, one of my girlfriends like does makeup and I was like, hey girl, can you teach me how to um, fill in my eyebrows? And uh, <laughs> you know, for real, like I didn't know how to do none of that. I wore at at most, I wore lipstick. That was a big thing for me. Like I never, you know, put foundation on my face or anything. You just learn little tricks and stuff, you know, that help the glow up. And I think ultimately, I'm a lot as a woman. I feel like you know, with maturity, I'm able to be not only better at my job but better as a person. Like I feel more confident in who I am. You know, I know what I stand for now. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I got friends that I know I can lean on. I have a circle that's been consistent in my life forever. My mom and my sister are on a track. My mom is sick, but she's stable. My sister is on a, remember I explained how, how bad things were when I got to school. My sister is in a, on a track to healthiness and, uh, you know, doing very well. I'm healthy. You talked about my workouts. Like, I feel really great right now. I lost 15 pounds. Like, it's not just about work and and that and just that like it's about holistic health i feel healthy i wasn't eating right for a while i started to eat better i started to work out i feel good as a human being you know like a few years ago i re i'd always been religious and you don't got to be religious i was spiritual people like these were spiritual and then i really committed to saying i'm religious you know um and i strengthened my communication pa uh, patterns you know, with God and, you know, we talk every day and it helps prioritize my day. And I start my day with thankfulness and grace and prioritization of what's important. And so I think when you're healthy, mind, body, and spirit, it starts to reflect in your work, in your personal life. Maybe you've got a special glow in your pictures um, and people, people can see it. It radiates off of you. As far as the religion and spirituality, you got to, oh, very close people with Jesus right here. So, <laughs> and we make sure like, even before every podcast, we pray just to make sure our podcast goes smoothly. So really, you don't got to sugarcoat it. We word it. You're not offending anybody over here. <laughs> before every episode, we try to, you know, center and stuff. And like me and Lo keep in contact a lot. Like I'm sure you and Yvonne do like, just making sure that our chemistry works together. We have a, a bond and a friendship. So it's not awkward. You know, nobody wants to hear awkward. Yeah, so I, I want to talk a little bit about like Yvonne and Jadena and, and people that you are now hanging out with and things like that, because a lot of what you all have in common, which I envy, um, is knowing where you all come from. So you all have Nigerian roots and Africa and, and young people who, who really represent Africa directly are taking over film and media and music and sports. And I mean, so many different facets where you all come together, like the Okuma K sisters. I mean, you have that in Stanford. Um, together and so how do you kind of fit in the equation with bringing out i guess the best of your african pride and your heritage through sports and what has the support and response been from maybe the nigerian community or some nigerian celebrities you've met and you've been able to connect that way it's so beautiful to see how you know right now it seems like you know african culture and music and art and um textiles and fashion have really become the wave, right? But um, I hope it's not just a fad or a moment. I hope that it's a real, like, you know, long-term 
embracing of the culture, you know, and, and I feel like what comes with embracing African culture is also just in general, black people saying, we love ourselves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and me growing up as someone of mixed race, you know, uh, my mother is white, Russian, Jewish. My dad is black, he's Nigerian, he lives in Nigeria, you know. Um, I've known both sides. And it's funny, because when I was a kid, you know, and this often happens as kids, it wasn't cool to be different or have different ethnicities growing up. People made fun of me for being African. They didn't like my last, they made fun of my last name. My, my mother, my hair was hard for my mom to deal with. Um, my natural, you know, my natural hair was harder for her to comb. And so I had, you know, crazy hairstyles at the time before I learned how to do my own hair. And people would say things like, oh, Roz, your dad, you know, your dad fought zebras or, you know, uh, go back, you African booty stretcher. You know, people would say that. That was so salt, you know. Kids are so, oh. <laughs> and you know, you can't, it's, I'm not mad. Kids are kids. They're mean. Right. But you know what? This is part of the glow up that everyone goes through. The things that we, when, when I speak to young people, I was just speaking to a group at Girls Inc. And I was saying, I know while you're young, everyone wants to fit in and be the same. I'm here to tell you today, it's the things that, that are different about you that make you special and unique and cool. And so I've, I love every piece of my ethnicity, every exposure I've had to religion, whether it be Jewish or Catholicism. And I am very thankful for my father's influence as far as when I was younger. He used to say things like, you need to know where you're from. You need to know your roots. You need to know who you are. You don't want to, he would say things like, kind of jokingly, but probably serious, like, you don't want to grow up and be like some of these Americans who don't know where they ha- are and have to take a test to know what My what dad used to say that to me all the time. Yeah, I'm one of those African-Americans. That's why I said I envy it because I I don't know a West Indian um, country. I don't know an African country. I'm sad. Like, right. it's, it sucks. No, don't say that, girl. You got, I mean, you got American culture. You got hamburgers. You got hamburgers. You got hamburgers. There's a hamburger. We got hamburgers and Donald Trump, okay? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's crazy though? Like you you envy us because you feel that you want to know where you came from. But there's a part of me that kind of felt because like what I said, back in the day, you know, it wasn't cool to be from another country. So I wanted to be black American because I felt like I could fit in because I never felt like I quite fit in because when I was I lived in the most Haitian house on the block. Like I was like, my parents are so old school Haitian. It's sad. It's like, I couldn't, there were things that I couldn't do that at the time. I thought I was the only kid who couldn't go out. They sent me to school wearing some wild clothes when I first moved out to Long Island. I mean, it was crazy. Like I just looked nuts and I always felt like it was just me. It wasn't until I got older that I realized the similarities in different cultures. You know, I always say like Africans and Haitians are first cousins. You know what I mean? There's so many similarities in our culture and there's so many similarities, honestly, with black American culture and a lot of, I think it's just the whole. Kids of immigrant parents, we all have very similar stories. Exactly. And there's so much different, even like certain values and customs and everything with black Americans, you'll find it with Africans, you'll find it with, you know, black Latinos. I think it's just coming from this the African diaspora, just in general. They try to take our culture away from us and try to take our identity. There's some things that we kept and it's been passed down through generations and generations and generations since over to this side of the world. But that's a whole nother conversation. Right, right. Talk about the African diaspora. 
is one thing that like all black kids, whether you're African-American or you have immigrant parents, what we have in common from childhood is like going to school, greasy as hell from Vaseline or oil or something slapped on your forehead. Everybody had that as a kid in wintertime. Black parents did not play about that. Across the board, everybody had that one. So in that way, I feel like we're all connected. So I feel a little better. Yes, we're sisters in the struggle in that way. Um, <laughs> but it, it's you're so right. And, um, you know, my dad tried to, you know, we went to the, the African parties or there were meetings that we went to. My dad was a part of an African, you know, uh, just a community group. Um, I learned, I, he made, it was very important for him for me to come to the kitchen and learn to to love his food or eat his food or he tried the only thing i regret is i didn't learn how to make more nigerian dishes um but i i, I can eat them all i love them all i've learned you know parts of his uh uh local language within his village um and i've learned the music he taught us to dance you know i'm so glad my dad thought it was important to teach me about his culture because now um it, it so informs who I am. I think it's part of why I feel like a vibrant person, a colorful person, um, someone you know who's, who music speaks to, who loves different types of, of meat for food, who enjoys rich food. Um, and I think there's been a real support to come back to your question of other Africans for each other. I'm glad that you know music is really embracing the Afro sound or the Afro-Caribbean beat. Um, you know, sounds from the other side just came out. Shout out to Wizkid. It sounds amazing. Was that is so dope. Oh my God, he is so dope. I love Nazi Ride. Jadena <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I went to college together and we've gotten closer since after college. Uh, we both, and also, you know, not Nigerian, but Issa Rae, uh, Joe Issa went to Stanford as well. So there's a big Stanford community that are like, everyone's kind of trying to make a glow up right now. <laughs> but, um, Africans support each other. And Jadena, in particular, it's an interesting connection because we're both mixed with the Nigerian father um, influence in that way. Um, Yvonne is so funny and good at sharing the experiences that almost all African children share growing up of their parents being hard on them about academics or wishing they were doctors or comparing them or being hard on them. She's such a beautiful, funny mind. She makes it into really relatable comedy. Um, and in the NBA, like, yo, Africans hold each other down. I'll run into Africans on the other team, and I'll know they're African, and we'll, before the game, we'll go up to each other. And, like, they'll come to me and be like, oh, my Nigerian sister. And I will be like, <laughs> and I'll be like, yo, what up? Like, um, you know, Africans in the middle of a shout-out. Like, actually, uh, it was during summer league. I won't say names of who or whatever. Um, but it was funny because it was a choice between two players to interview at the end of it. And I knew one of them was, uh, was African as well. And I, I, he was the, the choice to pick anyway. But afterwards, before the thing, I was like, yo, it was a close call on who to interview. But I was like, yo, we got to go with my African brother. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you some shine, man. He was like, yes, I know, I know. So it was, uh, it was good. It's a lot of support, you know, everybody is in it together. And actually I'm leaving in a few days for Africa. I'm leaving Sunday to go to South Africa for the NBA Africa game. And I'll be there, you know, do, hosting events and doing clinics and developing the talent and infrastructure and coaches. 
um, around basketball and obviously the NBA players will be playing a game. So I'll be getting back to the motherland. Girl, that is amazing. Please have fun. Quick question. Are you Yoruba or Igbo? So my dad can speak Igbo, but I'm actually Benin tribe. Really? Yeah. Nice. I'm, yeah, we we're out of Edo State. Nice. <laughs> so, um, so just one last question before we get to some WNBA stuff. Um, and you can make this as quick or as long, you know, just your experience. So some blogs and radio really try to come at you about um, – Oh, your relationship with Steph Curry and then um, saying different things about you all and as well as bringing Aisha into it. But we all know that you have a great relationship and I'm sure it didn't affect that in any way. But what was it like for you to go through personally to have people insinuate things about you just because you're a woman um, and a successful woman that has a, a good working relationship with a man who's married? You know, just what was it like to um, just hear that negativity and then block that out to keep doing your job and, and keep going to work every day. What was said? There were blogs talking about me? I thought there was just that meme where I was uh, interviewing Steph and Aisha's standing over my shoulder. Was there actual blogs written? It was, it was, so basically it was like a radio, I think a radio station kind of made it into something that it wasn't. And some a few smaller blogs picked up on it, picked that story up and it was kind of circulating. I was ready to I was ready to come at people on Twitter, but you know I'm like I don't think nobody actually thought that was real. I thought everybody just thought that was funny, but it's actually very possible in today's day and age that people who don't actually even know anything about this the the situation in the photo or in the moment can just come to their own conclusions. So for those who don't know, if you're listening, you're like what? Um, if you're referring to the moment where I'm, I, I was interviewing Stephen Curry, the Warriors went 73 and nine that season. And it was mm -hmm. the historic game that got them to have a rec, the best overall record in the game of all time. And I'm interviewing Steph and uh, it's a beautiful moment. And I see St Aisha and um, so, uh, Sonya, Steph's mom there. And so um, Aisha comes by and I see her and Aisha, we're, we're very, you know, we're very cool. I just had her on the podcast. She just came on my podcast maybe two weeks ago and Steph also came too. So he showed love to the show. Um, and so I asked her to come over and be a part of the interview. So she was like, okay, so she comes over. And so while I'm doing the interview, she's leaning over me and Steph with her arms around us and the picture, the meme. They take a one snapshot of what is a very beautiful historic moment where even Steph's wife is about to get interviewed and I asked her to join us. The one snapshot becomes a meme of uh, when you got to check in on a reporter that's like, you know, if the reporter's getting too close or doing too much. So, you know, I get it. I have a group chat. All we do is send each other memes. I don't even know who's in the memes. I know I find them funny. People just want to laugh. It just the only thing that sucks is when you're kind of like the butt of the joke or on the wrong end of it. So um, I think that, you know, you just it's unfortunate. A lot of times women end up dealing with stupid memes. This is not the only meme I've been a part of. I've been a part of so many memes, a ref looking at my butt, uh, one with Harrison Barnes, one with like I've been a part of so many memes, but you have to develop a thick skin and not let it affect you. and. Try, I try to understand that most people just want to laugh and they're not really like mad at you. They just want to have something funny to look at and try not to take it too personal because there are certainly going to be very flattering moments on social media. There's also going to be some moments where it could be embarrassing 
or it could be mean. Like some people are just trolls. And the last thing, and I've said this before on, on my own podcast, but that whole um, meme with Aisha and Steph actually was hard on me because um, you think about it. If you look at my IG, I got like 150 or something thousand followers. Steph and Aisha combined probably have like over 10 million. So there's so many people who like know who they are that have no idea who I am. And so when this picture pops up, there's like 10 million people who are very invested in Steph and Aisha and their love and their marriage and feel so close to them. And they see that picture and don't know anything about the story and might have a hard feeling about me. And I'm just standing there doing my job. It's a meme, people. You would be surprised. I actually experienced a little bit of cyberbullying, primarily from women, being like, homewrecker or this and that. And so I was talking with Aisha about it. I was like, should we? And me and Aisha were talking. I was like, I'm getting a lot of uh, attention from this, and it, it is making me a little uncomfortable. And we were thinking about, well, she had actually taken a selfie with me. She's like, I'm about to post it and, and shut this down. And she posted a picture of us being together, like, um, took a picture of us being together, like, we're good, what's wrong with y'all or something. But then we decided it, we didn't want to fuel it anymore by addressing it or giving it power or anything. So we just left it alone. But, you know, it's probably, it's not the first meme and it won't probably be the last. And I think, you know, especially as a female, I've learned I've had to just um, continue to lead with my work and with who I am and my actions. And all the other stuff is stupid. Just try to keep keep it moving. I think most people who actually follow me and know who I am know exactly, you know, what I'm about. And I think actually, you know, really respect me and, you know, rock with me. I think you handled that situation very gracefully. Um, I probably wouldn't have. That's why you're in the position that you're in and I'm in the position that I'm in. <laughs> that I'm in. No, it was really unfortunate when I saw that because I'm just like, of course, you know, you have a woman who is very talented beautiful of course and as well as for Aisha as well right mm -hmm. very talented very beautiful and that's the first thing that they do and I think it was so corny but you know I think maybe the way you guys responded kind of had to sh it, it shut people down because imagine if you put more fuel into that fire it would have gotten worse and possibly could have affected other things you got going on so it being like two powerful or dynamic women who are both working or both in the warriors world it's it doesn't have to always be a comparison or like pit each other against each other. And I think for me too, just even moving away from just that situation, um, being, you know, a young woman and a black woman and, you know, you know, relatively, you know, attractive or whatever around these, and I'm around a lot of a bunch of the guys' age, there's always going to be some curiosity on the romance side or on, on or, or some kind of conversation about what someone looks like, you know, and while I understand the infatuation of it, I hope if I can have anything done my way, I would hope people see me first and respect me first. You could, you could talk about whatever you want to talk about because that's human, that's natural, but see me for the work I'm doing and how hard I'm working and, and don't marginalize me in that small way and other women as well. Cause I feel like as women, especially in sports, we definitely sometimes get thrown into the what does she look like, who is she dating, da 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 box. And I get the interest there. I'm I'm human too. We all do it, but don't don't disrespect our craft or disrespect us. It's okay to be curious. You know what I'm saying? But be respectful. And there you heard it first. <laughs> 
have respect for Roz and she'll have respect for you, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So let's let's transition into the WNBA. Let's talk Liberty. So you cover the Liberty. Was that a little dance that you just did? A body rolling into the WNBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so, so um, talk about what you have seen. How, what do you think about their performance so far this season? Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, what changes do you think that they can make? Uh, and what do you think that they need to do in order to, you know, be able to contend for this title coming up in a couple months? Well, I think the Liberty are in a really good place right now. Um, right, you know, heading into the all-star break, they had won two in a row. They needed it. They had, you know, lost a bunch of games there. Um, as they were trying to figure out really who they were as far as chemistry and, um, you know, I think everyone in the WNBA this season, you have almost every team is talking about how broken up their seat, the start of their season was with t- players being gone for Eurobasket championships, European championships, and returning after missing a number of games. So the Liberty were like every other team where they were getting Epiphany Prince and Kia Vaughn back. Um, they had to remesh those players. You know, the Liberty had the early devastating, you can't underplay the injury to Brittany Boyd. Um, and missing her, she was she was lined up to have an outstanding season. She worked her butt off. She was in tremendous shape. She had years under her belt now to be ready to take over the point guard role. Understood the maturity and the decision making she had to have. She was ready, and to to tear her Achilles was heartbreaking. But she'll be back. But it, it hurt the Liberty. So finding the right answers at the point guard position. So I think a lot of great things happened heading into the All Star break. Two straight wins. They inserted Bria Hartley into the starting lineup, which brought Sugar Rogers to the bench, which I think is important for the Liberty because, one, you can't just go to your bench and come up empty-handed with nothing. you got to have some power and oomph off the bench. So Sugar Rogers is a, is a solid answer, a consistent answer, you know, scoring-wise. She's a nice on-ball defender as well. Coming off the bench, they have power now in Sugar Rogers. And now with Bria Hartley coming in, they, Bria Hartley, and mind you, can we not be more excited for Bria Hartley, who's literally six months out from having a baby? She's on the court right now, looking pretty and good. That bounce I, back was crazy. <laughs> I'm having a hard time bouncing back from the sandwich I ate earlier today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm about Beyonce last week, girl. Listen, it's a problem. And Tiana Taylor, how they had these whole big old babies <laughs> and are just back to work. So they do have whole teams dedicated you know, to them getting back. And, and Bria Hartley well, and as well, you know, she busted her butt. She was working with the training staff. She worked on her diet. And I think these past few games have been good for her to get her confidence up. So she's been starting. The Liberty were struggling with their offense to score. And so Bill Lambeer, the coach, was basically like, we need to play more up-tempo so we could not always have to go against the defense that's set up. So let's play faster. Insert Bria Hartley. She plays fast, and she's helped the pace of things for them. And then Tina Charles has been having a, an MVP caliber year again, you know, just consistent double doubles every game, just balling out. And also now with Swin Cash and uh, Tanisha Wright having not not being with the Liberty this season, they were huge leaders for the team last year. The team is officially being ran by Tina Charles. She is the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. So All Star break, they came back. They just had a uh, very tough close loss to the amazing Minnesota Lynx. Um, they, their comeback fell short. They dropped it by one. But that's a loss 
while you can you you can feel okay about the loss. I mean, you want that win, but you can feel like, all right, we're out here competing with you know the top team in the league. So um, I think the Liberty are in a good place, and they're the thing that Isaiah Thomas, president of Liberty, told me. He was like, I'd rather peak at the end of the season than last year. We peaked early and then fell flat. So the Liberty right now, I would say, are trying to ramp up. And we can agree that we see that in their play. Um, like you mentioned, Tina Charles taking over the team. You have Shavante Zellis, who was like on a crazy scoring role and coming into her own. And like you said, Bria and Sugar and all them coming together. And right now they're at, what, 500, I think, basically at number six in the league. So we're trying to see them get over the hump, make a good playoff run, of course, with New York. So these might be some predictions where we're talking about playoffs and, and the season ending in a few months. Just a few early predictions. Who do you think will be this year's MVP? Mm -hmm think are going to be the WNBA champions and maybe who's your pick for rookie of the year what kind of young gunner do you see finishing out on top okay and also I'd like to point out breakout a breakout star as well okay um so I think for so I think for MVP, it is a shame that Brittany Griner is injured because she was probably on her way for, to that. With her missing the amount of time that she will with injury, um, I got Sylvia Fowles or Tina Charles maybe. Now, a lot of times you go with a team that has, you know, the better performance. So, you know, it's likely we'll see Fowles in that position. Um, also, there's a lot of time left. You know, let's see what Elena Deladon does with uh, Washington coming down the, the stretch. You know, she missed a few games. Um, she missed a few games, but being back is important. Um, and Tina, let me make an argument for my girl Tina. You know, while the Liberty aren't, you know, at the tops of the league, Tina is putting in top five, top three numbers at points, rebounding, not to mention the way Bill Ambeer says it, there's nobody more important to her team as Tina. So that's my round up there. Um, you know what? I'm actually going to add more categories because I have a few people I want to shout out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm all over. Do your thing. Um, just a few oh, just oh, go, go ahead. Okay. So for um, champion, you know, it's the usual suspects. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, Minnesota is going to be right there again. Um, you know, I think LA is good. I really, I really do enjoy, and I'm happy to see the the new playoff format with the WNBA. The only complaint I have is the one one game elimination series. I don't like that as much. I find that to be hard. And obviously, the Liberty were on the wrong side of that last year. Yeah. I, I think that doesn't really feel fair. But other than that, I like seeing the top eight teams get a chance to face off. And you know, we're not losing the top players. Facing off in conference finals, you know what I'm saying, and that's why we had a very compelling and exciting championship um, last year. Um, so probably Minnesota. I mean, you never know. I mean, you know, I don't want to count out the Liberty either. That's a tough question for me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you never know. And then um, for. Uh, Breakout players, you know, I think two players are having especially breakout years. First of all, breakout team, Connecticut Sun, have been um, really impressive considering crazy. Yeah, considering like they should have been counted out. I mean, you don't have Chanae Wumake. Um, 
Who else did they uh they had who else did they lose to injury? Who am I blanking on right now? Um, but you know, they had players like they had Bentley leave to play overseas uh with the Eurobasket, and they've had a number of players step up and be great, you know, and just next next woman up mentality. And as a team, like they've got everyone contributing and playing great basketball. Jasmine Thomas having a wonderful year, Alyssa Thomas. And then here's my girl I got a shout out, John Paul Jones, because she is playing amazing basketball. I hope she gets some kind of award this year. She's he she's having the breakout year of 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 the league and she's taking this team with her. You know, the preseason GM survey had her listed as the most likely to have a breakout season and they couldn't have picked a better person because like we've seen her in her season blossom to be up there with the top bigs in the league right now. Like you mentioned, she brought her team with her and made the entire just system better. Right. And, and I think her future is really bright, like, because she's got almost a modern NBA big game in the sense that um, she's really mobile. She plays very well in space. You know, it's hard. You have to put a body on her. You can't just allow her to walk, move freely in space, especially on the offensive end. She detects the glass so hard. She's got relatively good hands and finishes inside. She can also step out and shoot the three. Like, yeah. who's messing with that? And we're talking about a second-year player. Just wait till she the game continues to slow down for her and she gets a little stronger. And you know what I'm saying? And And, and it just gets – I feel like – you know, we're looking at one of the future great players at the WNBA, so she's exciting. I also want to shout out my girl Skylar Diggins, having an amazing season. Yeah. And, you know, I know her personally, and I know how much she commits to the hard work, um, to the right dieting. She's a pro pro. She's a great player, but she um, eats right. You know, look at her body. She's so fit. Um, she works hard. She's, you know, it took her some time to come back from that ACL and um, and that injury. And, and now she looks confident. She's having a beautiful year. And, you know, there were conversations that, you know, maybe she wouldn't live up to the hype or something. Who, who are you most impressed with this season? I feel like the MVP conversation can get kind of top heavy and we talk about a lot of the same type of people. Who are you excited with in the WNBA? MVP, I want Tina to win. Okay, speak that, speak that. <laughs> I, I want Tina to win last year, actually. And NECA had an amazing year, but the way Tina put that team on her back, yes. and she continues to put that team on her back. And when you look at her stats, I mean, she's like logging in triple, like double-digit rebounds every single night. And she's being like, she's usually like the highest scorer on the team any particular game or the top two scorers. Like if it's not her and Sugar, it's her and Shavante or something. Like she's definitely, it's, she, I think it may go, like you said, to the usual suspects because, you know, sometimes they equate MVP with the success of your team. Um, and I see that Sylvia Fowles doesn't deserve it if she were to win. But Why? Why? Oh, you're saying that's not to say. Yeah, it's not to say that. No, she if she wins, she deserves it too. Like they both, I think it's neck and neck. I think it would probably be between those two. But if I had a say in, in the matter, it would go to Tina personally. Right. And you know, it's funny you brought up last year. It was such a tight MVP race last year between uh, Tina Charles and Neka Agumake. 
if Neko was not having, like, what was she shooting last year? Like 70% from the field or something? Like, if Neko was not having that kind of season, it absolutely should have been Tina Charles's MVP. On top of that, the Liberty, I believe, were number one in the league for a, a good chunk of time last season. They were number one in the East last year, too, actually. Right, right, right. So I feel you on that. What about you, Princess? I would have to say, we talked about her a little bit. I have to say I'm still so impressed with Sylvia Fowles. I just, first of all, that Minnesota Lynx team is, we were talking about this last episode, just like pretty much a team of Olympians is what you have. And to see Sylvia Fowles, we also had a conversation a few episodes back where, you know, there's so much talk about how the game is being played further away from the basket. But when you look at the WNBA, the top, I think, five or six scorers at one point were all big men. It was like John Quell, Lena Deladon, um, Sylvia, of course, Brittany Griner. And Sylvia, I think, is really at, she's really personifies that she's top three in points, rebounds, field goal percentage, blocks. She just, she really knows how to stuff a stat sheet. And when you look at her on the block, just her foot. And steals. Oh, yeah. And steals. Like, just, def- I mean, defensively, offensively, she has it all. When you look at her footwork, how she gets on the block, and her positioning, she understands the game of angles. Like, I just, I really just idolize how she moves so gracefully. And um, just, I, she's really the key cog to how that Minnesota Lynx offense works. Everybody kind of looks at Maya Moore or you could even look at Lindsay Whalen because she's, you know, the floor general at the point. But when you when you got Sylvia Fowles out there and she was doing all of this, I think it was in, in fewer than 25 minutes or something crazy like that. Right. I was like, nah, that for me, I just got it. I still see her at, at the top MVP race. So not to say Tina Charles doesn't deserve it because y'all right. are team MVP, but I got to go with Sylvia. Right. Are you finding uh, this season's WNBA season exciting? I am. I am. And I think a lot of that has to do with the Connecticut Sun really um, emerging, taking down the Minnesota Lynx when they were on their undefeated streak. Um, The Minnesota Lynx are right now on pace to be the first WNBA team with 30 wins. What else is but even the the move of Elena Deladon to go go to Washington and leave Chicago and mm-hmm. you know be closer to home and seeing how that's panning out, it's really changed the Eastern Conference. And, well, it's changed the whole league and what's possible there. Yeah, and then looking at Atlanta, everybody pretty much counted. I know I did. I counted Atlanta out. I'm like, no Angel. <laughs> yes. Stephanie <laughs> Hayes is taking over. Brittany Sykes. I talked to her. Um, I talked to her a few games ago and really got to see where her head was at. Um, and she was just like, you know, Alicia Gray can have all those rookies of the week. I'm going for uh, rookies, rookie of the month. Like I'm going for rookie of the year. I'm going for the hardware. What's going to stick. And you start to see her now, you know, with 20 point games, career highs, every single game really blossoming. And, and you see just Atlanta's fast paced offense and what Lays Clarendon's doing down there as well. Shout out Laysha Clarendon too, who, I, you know, I always, you know, I always have affiliation. But, um, <laughs> you know, like she just posted a triple-double. She just posted a triple-double. And this is somebody who maybe was on – it wasn't really clear what her path would be in the WNBA is now a, a consistent, uh, solid answer in this league. You know, the commitment she's had to work to coming back from any kind of ailment or injury. Um, and then not to mention, obviously, the voice that she is socially off of the court um, you know, for the – gay and lesbian and queer community and and all, all that she advocates for. So 
I'm happy for her glow up. This is the glow up episode. I'm happy for Laisha's glow up right now. Yeah. And that's going to be our, I'm glad you said that. That's going to be our episode title. The glow up episode featuring Roz Golden Wude. So. How? What's going to be your glow up, Miss 22? Um, My glow up, I actually, okay, so I guess I can kind of say this now. I have like a lot of things that I want to um, do in terms of, shedding a lot more light on the WNBA. That's my passion is in women's basketball. So creating an outlet to to be the first to to do exclusive coverage. Um, and this would be a t- in the form of a TV show. And just to to create a show that does comprehensive coverage of the WNBA, the X's and O's, interviews, um, exclusive you know, just things that you can't get anywhere else. You have so much of that for the NBA. You have so many shows like the Jump, Rachel Nichols hosts um, inside the NBA, all kinds of different things, but nothing that's just centered on the WNBA. And that's what everybody says the problem is, if you want to call it a problem, in quotes with the WNBA is that nobody, it's not being seen, but I don't, I don't think that's quite the, I don't think that's quite the immediate answer, but I think my contribution would be to you know create that outlet for people to you know go after you see a WNBA game okay let's have some conversation about it let's get some insight some expertise about it just keep it keep the conversation going other than just on game days right and for me like for me there's it's funny because I feel differently about the WNBA than I do the NBA in some ways there's a certain sense of ownership that I feel you know I, I sense that from the players too that they have ownership in like how um, the league is received and how the quality of the games are going. Like for me, still, there's a lot of players that I know I grew up with that like, you know, some of like Tina Charles or the New York Liberty literally is like a reunion of people we all grew up playing ball with. Tina Charles, Kia Vaughn, Epiphany Prince, we all either grew up playing with each other or against each other. And there are many, having been a baller, um, that I feel across teams, every game is a reunion of a reunion of sorts for me. There's a commitment I feel to these women and a real um, feeling that I wanna do the best job I can to tell their stories and to do right by them and be objective and fair in my analysis and broadcasting. Um, It's important to me. And then, you know, even the younger players coming up or certainly the older players that, you know, are the legends of our game, you know, there's a certain respect that I have even having the opportunity to, to call their game. So, the, and because the league also, it's less less teams in the NBA too. It, it feels almost family-like, you know? So um, it's, it's, it's bigger than just the game for me to call the WBI. I hear the passion you're speaking. I feel the same way. Thanks. Yeah, here at the W Podcast, we are very passionate <laughs> about the WBA. Roz, we cannot say thank you enough for joining us. We kept you for so long, but the conversation that we had was so necessary and so fun. But before you go, we do have a fun little game for you. I'll let Lo came up with this. She's just such a fun person. So <laughs> I'll let her produce so, it. <laughs> so it's a game that I'm sure we all have heard before, this or that. <laughs> but I was like, let me sit down and think about Roz and come up with some cute little questions you have to pick one or the other you can't there's no gray area here it's black or white okay so i'm gonna start off and just say the first thing that comes to your mind living in queens or living in the bay 
<laughs> I'm supposed to be faster than that. Uh, repping queens living in the Bay, though. I'm sorry. So There's nice. no great. Okay. We'll oh, nice. <laughs> you see, that's, you, I can't even play the game right. All right. It's just so nice out here, guys. I love New York, but. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm not mad at you. It's, I hear it's sunny all the time in California. So. Right. Living in the Bay. Living in the Bay. Okay. Heels or sneakers? Uh, heels. Okay. <laughs> Drake or Jadena? <laughs> Drake. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> doesn't hear this, he might feel some type of way about that. Um, covering the NBA or covering the Olympics? Or covering the WNBA, throw that in there. So out of the three. Like what, is, what are you asking? What was bigger or more fulfilling or more fun? Which one do... What's more exciting? What's your favorite to do? Is it, do you love, which one do you love more? Love, uh, do you love covering the NBA? Did the you love covering the Olympics or the WNBA? The Olympics was the highest stage of it all. It was the biggest moment of my career, Olympics. All right. I don't know if you've ever been to this before, but... Brazilian Carnival or Caribbean Carnival? I haven't been to Brazilian Carnival, but I'm going to say Caribbean Carnival. I love, I've been to Caribbean Carnivals and I love it. But I feel like that's not a fair answer because I've never been to Brazil, but I'm going to say Caribbean. <laughs> okay. Um, LeBron or Kyrie? One has to go. Who's better? LeBron is better. No, one of them has to go because you see the drama that they got going on right now. Oh. Well, you got to stick with, with LeBron. He's the best player in the world, arguably. <laughs> okay. And this one, I'll allow you to have a gray area. Covering the Liberty or covering the Golden State Warriors? Uh, yeah, I'm going to need some gray. The Liberty are, <laughs> are going to be the first pro team I cared about and some of my first opportunities and have players I know and love I will definitely say the most exciting, some of the most exciting moments, not only of my career, but my life are with the Warriors. So, so it's pretty even. It's pretty even. It's even, but it, it depends on how you phrase it. You should give me more like what's the most exciting or what's the most meaningful or something like that. Well, I think, I think either way, you probably would have picked both somehow, <laughs> some way. You would have finessed your way to make both. Right. <laughs> I sucked at this game. I was not good at it. <laughs> I was, y'all well, didn't, y'all asked like hard, like, y'all didn't even make it like, you know, lemonade or 444 or something. Like, y'all made it like, okay. well, you gotta pick between two of the jobs you hold. Like, come on. <laughs> you Hard on me like that. Come on, make these more fun. <laughs> okay, well, lemonade like, or four four four. You basically gave me a question. He was like, "So your mom or your dad?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't answer that. Like, damn. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so lemonade or four four four. Which one? Oh, lemonade. Lemonade. Get out of here. <laughs> That's a good um, but thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to talk to us. I really love this conversation. This was amazing. Yeah. You dropped so many jewels and I hope everyone listening has a pen and paper out with nothing but notes because even though you were so young and you're just starting off in your career, I think for the time that you've been in here so far, you've learned a lot 
and you have a lot to share to other people. So how can people follow you, reach out to you via social media? Rosgo21, I'm at R-O-S-G-O-21 on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, find me there. Nice. And one thing um, that we started doing recently is we pick a song as our outro. So since you are our honorary guest, I'll let you pick a song this week. Hmm. What am I listening to a lot right now? You're vibing right now. And you you mentioned WizKid. Wiz got yeah, hit. So, yeah. So the song that I'm really loving right now from WizKid is Nazi Ride. That's the vibe. That's the sound I'm going with right now. <laughs> That's what we're gonna go out to today and also because nba africa is coming next week it's summertime outside that is a probably a good it's probably a good feel good song too so it's really good i think i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much girl appreciate it no problem thank you guys so much for having me on honestly and um i'm glad to see a lot of the hard work and vision that i've been hearing from you like paying off and com- turning into like real things and come into fruition. So good luck with this podcast and thank you for having me. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, lad. International flips. Busy day as so. Busy by order. Busy by slow now. Busy by day as so. Yeah, oh yeah, the girls day as so. Yeah. Right not to right. Right not to right. Don't my girl not to right, right, right. Right not to right. Right not to right, oh my girl not to right, 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 right not to right, right not to right, oh my girl not to right, 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 right not to right, right not to right, oh my girl not to right, right, right. Can I get my keys, oh shade? You say you no go leave, oh shade. Slow down, I beg you slow down, yeah. Why you gonna leave, oh shade? Now you wanna leave, oh shade. Slow. I beg you slow down But you listen to the people What the people got to say I'm addicted to your love Girl, you're the morning till my night If you no leave, I no go feed people If you no sleep, I no sleep oh. I wanna see you every day You light up my day I'm leave this star boy way Right not to right Right not to right Oh my girl not to right, right, right Right not to right, right not to right, oh my girl not to right, 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 right not to right, right not to right, oh my girl not to right, 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 right not to right, right not to right, oh my girl not to right, right, right. Oh I, oh I, oh I, you tell me la 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 la. Baby, bring it back and rewind slow. Give me that thing, it's mine. Oh I, oh I, oh I, don't tell me la 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 la. I'm a 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 I'm a